folks, I'm WWE Hall of Famer Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and you're listening to the podcast, Small Package. Give me a hold, buddy. Ho! Hey, everybody, it's Corey Poindexter here with your boy. Hello. And it's time for the first Small Package episode of 2018. 2020. We're here eight, with eight. Clash of Teach. Champions. Result. A lot has happened. We're going to try so to catch much. up as quickly as possible and keep this as a short episode. But we got Clash of Champions. We have Wrestle Kingdom 12. We have Raw. We have SmackDown. We have Raw. We have SmackDown. We have, we have Raw. We have SmackDown. Match classics. Challenges. We have build up to Rumbles. Two Rumbles. All that and more today on the Small Package Show. Hit them with it, Bob. It is Small Package. What? Fuck that. The radiators are making my barber too warm. Oh, air conditioner time. It is 50 degrees today for no reason. Yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on with this weather. And uh, last night, even Kayla was like, man, it's warm. Turn on the, the fan, at least. Maybe not the air conditioner, but the fan in the air conditioner. And with this air conditioner, when you turn it on fan mode, it'll tell you the actual temperature it is in the room. 89 degrees. Woo. All the radiators were pumping. Woo. And so, uh, yeah, who knew that... January was going to be such a high air conditioning unit uh, usage month for us. Uh, how you doing, Bob? How's the new year going for you? It's bad, but there's lots of wrestling. There is. Do you have any resolutions for the podcast for this year? To do it? To just do it? Just fucking get on with it already? That's your first resolution? I guess. I don't know. I think I'm gonna. Oh no! I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Not sure about it. I think I'm gonna have a resolution of uh, of trying to just for finally just cut down on the raw reviews and just only talk about stuff that's important. Thank you. That's that's for you. That's love right there for you. For at least one or two of the listeners, I actually was putting thought into the idea of maybe. Uh, Monday after Raw's, like I'm talking immediately after we finish watching, uh, just breaking up the podcast kit and doing like a tight, like six seven minute review of what happened. To put up be a smart idea. I mean, I'm unless I'm working, I am always watching Raw anyway. So maybe we're at my. That's also true. But then once I get back home, you know, podcast kit's right here. A resolution this year is to have a cookout at my house while watching a, a pay-per-view. That's, there it is. On your balcony? I mean, it might be troublesome to watch it on my balcony. No, 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 I meant like the, your grill. On, but your grill. Though. Well, sure. Unless you want to pull a con from college and set up a grill right in your room. No, that's that's how you get, like, carbon dioxide monoxide. You, did, you, did you ever hear that one about the time that Khan just straight up set up a fu- not like a George Foreman, like a full like outdoor barbecue grill in his dorm room and tried to hide it from the RAs that we were grilling hamburgers in his fucking dorm room? I mean, that's insanely dangerous. Yeah, 
Uh, fortunately, I wasn't part of the planning process of that plan. I smelled hamburgers and said, what the fuck's going on? Because this is when he lived next door to me. Uh-huh. Uh, in uh, Skakwa. Skakwa. And uh, I was like, man, I smell hamburgers. And then Khan knocked on my door. I was like, hey, I'm cooking some burgers next door. You want to come over? And I was like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? Walk in. He just set up a fucking barbecue. And the RA smelled the hamburger, but I guess they thought that maybe somebody was like microwaving the those like frozen like sure, patties that you sure. can microwave. Uh, and it wasn't until a thick smoke started to billow out of Khan's room that they were started knocking on the door. And then Khan was like, hey, let's put this under the bed. So I think he put the grill under the bed, if I'm not mistaken. Con, if you listen to this episode, feel free to correct my ass later if I'm messing up this story at all. But I, also, Con, I'm glad I didn't know this was going down because Jesus Christ, how did you live through this? Uh, but it were tasty burgers. <laughs> Good burgers, though. Good burgers, though. Um, how was your New Year's, by the way? It was fun up in the Rock. It's always whatever. Always whatever in Rochester. That's really, really weak spinoff from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh-huh. It's always whatever in Rochester. I mean, that's more accurate. <laughs> we went to Josh's show at Gussie's. I saw on your inst- or on your Snoop shoot. Yeah. Gussie's such a weird fucking bar, just having whatever fucking beer they happen to have. And then the prices, I always thought, I always thought, I mean, maybe it's because I've been drunk every time I've been at Gussie's. Uh, but I always thought the prices were more reasonable. Uh, it was like six bucks for a a bottle of beer. That seems excessive. I guess it depends on the beer. Uh, like Bud Bud Light. Oh, that's a little pricey. Like Coors Light and shit. Right, that should be like four. I mean, it's like I get I in in a normal bar in New York, I'd be fine. I'd be like, okay, that's just how much it costs. Yeah, but you're like in a dive bar in the middle of nowhere, Queens. A dive bar that's only open when shit's going on. Like, I guess they got to make their money somehow. I don't know. I don't know. So weird. Anyway, we, let's actually talk about all of the wrestling we have to talk about. I'm not gonna really bother with most of Clash of Champions. You won predictions. Yeah, um, boy. I don't know if you knew that you won predictions. I but didn't know that because we didn't watch together. Uh, I don't know why I predicted that Zack Ryder ha- would beat Mojo Raleigh. Um, that was that was very foolish of me. Uh, Natty lost to Charlotte. We both called it. Uh, I called Usos in the tag team Fatal Four Way. Uh, it was good. It was a great match. Uh huh. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. No. That that was an insane showing by Gable. And who knew and that Rusev, Rusev was that is over? so fucking over? Oh my god! Everyone loves Rusev. Uh, Bludgeon Brothers, of course, beat Brizongo. Ziggler, right? Upset Big both of our surprise. predictions. And for what? Well, we'll get to that. <sighs> anyway, so Ziggler won. Uh, AJ Styles and Gender, maybe Gender's best match as champion. Yeah, that was pretty. Or fun. Uh, in, well, not as champion, but maybe Gender's best championship match. Uh, it's very good performance in AJ and Gender. Uh, I don't know why I called Nakamura Orton. I don't know why I thought that was at all possible. Uh, with Shane and Daniel Bryan as the dual guest referees, the match was kind of a clusterfuck. Uh, it didn't feel like the focus of the match was the match at all. It was all about Shane and Debray. Yeah, as refs. 
um, which was also confusing at times. Also, this is this has been a, a thing of annoyance that carries over into future episodes of SmackDown that we'll get to. How uncomfortable do Nakamura and Orton feel in these matches? They have no personal beef with anything going on. This sure. is a story uh, between... Orton maybe has some beef with KO from interactions that they've had. I mean, maybe. Maybe. It's not been explicit. Yeah. Nakamura just de- definitely... It's just, just like in there. there because... And so, like, they get thrown into these matches to be like, take away these guys' jobs. And they're just like, we have no fight in this. Yeah. And then they keep doing it. They keep getting put in these matches against them because they're, I guess, Shane and Daniel's counterpoints on the mat. I don't know. It's weird. Anyway. It was definitely weird. Uh... On the whole, it was a fine, it was a fine pay per view. It was okay. Uh, it was it was okay. It wasn't great. My girlfriend, it wasn't terrible. It what did Lauren think of it? And she she watched it. I mean, so that says it was okay. Sure. I mean, tag team division on SmackDown stealing the show for sure. Uh, Ziggler Corbin Rude was a better match than I thought it would be. Uh, the finish was interesting. AJ and Gender had a great match. Um, you know, for a Jinder Mahal match, Natty versus Charlotte just was kind of confusing with the Lumberjills, Lumber Women, Lumberjacks. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a match made to be something that was going to end up in a shitty, dusty clusterfuck. So, so, and it did it. So, I guess mission accomplished. Whatever. I don't know. Weird card. Also, real quick, before we get into uh, what's been going on in WWE, Wrestle Kingdom 12. How about that? Wrestle Kingdom 12, it happened. It was a fantastic show. Uh, A lot of just amazing matches. A couple that were okay. Uh, They started off with a, I don't want to say a gimmick rumble, but it was definitely a, like, these are our lower card, and then some surprise guest rumble. Uh, Royal Rumble mm-hmm. is interesting. <laughs> Cheeseburger did really well in it, which was fun. Crowd really liked that. Uh, started off with the IWGP Junior Tag Team Championship. Rapungi 3K versus the Young Bucks. I may butcher some names, but I'm going to try. Uh, I thought it was a great match. Yeah, it was Bucks. fun. I Young really Bucks liked won. it. Uh, Young Bucks defeated them to win back the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. A lot of really cool moments. I will say this, though. It, it sure. felt to me almost like uh, this match for the Young Bucks was a response to people saying they can't sell, where they were sure. just selling the whole match to the sure. point where it was almost overselling. Um, I don't ever, I don't really ever feel like there was overselling, personally. But yes, I do. I can see exactly where you're coming from on that. They definitely sold more than I think they typically do. Uh, but it was a really good match. A lot of fun stuff. The Young Bucks are really good at building up drama. Uh-huh. Um, hyping up in the moment. Next, we had what was maybe the biggest clusterfuck on the main card. Yeah. The never open weight six-man tag team gauntlet, gauntlet championship match. match. Um, which was interesting. Having five three-person tag teams, you know, one after the other after the other. Uh, and there was definitely some cool moments in there. Uh, I definitely like Zack Saber Jr. is a heel, right? I guess. Like, 
I'm like the way that he's been in Evolve lately makes me feel like he's leading towards heel. And the way that I've seen him presented in New Japan as of late kind of just gives off this very heel vibe. But obviously, I, I don't follow New Japan closely enough to to know that for sure. Uh, they, you know, the tag teams came in and out and in and out. And oddly enough, the the winning team was Beretta. Uh, Toru, uh, Toru Yano and, uh, Tomohiro, uh, they, they won. And Beretta was, I believe, never officially tagged into the match until the finish. Um, if memory serves. Um, there, there was just a lot of confusion in that. I mean, there were still cool moments, and I definitely had fun watching it, but this is maybe not like a low point on the card for me. Which says a lot about the card overall that I still like the match. I know that you were not as big a fan of the uh, six man gauntlet. Yeah, yeah, I mean they're just like the how like half those mini matches or whatever you want to call them just sure. ended in a roll up pins that were just like. And man, say what you will about WWE's camera work, but at least they typically get the important shit on the screen. Sure, like. We we've watched previous NJPW matches and they've seemed pretty good uh, sure. camera work wise, but I feel like twelve was really a poor showing for them. It seemed like there was a lot of like distracted camera work and bad cuts and just like more than usual, where they were just showing. Also, the their wrong replay stuff. system can be very confusing. Like, there's no graphics. That tell you that what you're about, what you're about to see, or what you're currently seeing, is a replay on the screen. Um, you know, with RAW, they usually have kind of like a whooshing RAW graphic, and then they put like what's still happening in a small window, like what's still live, and then they put the replay itself in a bigger window so that you see the replay, but you're not missing the match at the at the time. Yeah, and this was just like, oh, I guess they're back up on the top of the turnbuckle. I guess this is the replay. Yeah. So seriously, just like any other camera cut. Replays just happened, and there was no way of knowing, other than if it was in slow motion, that this was, in fact, a replay. Or Um, they warped. Yeah. Because, I mean... Sure. Next up, Kota Ibushi versus Cody Rhodes. Holy shit, this match was good. Very good. Uh... There was a lot of, of, of hubbub made online about how um, Brandy was involved in the match and was like prominent in the match. And apparently it's, it's very, very, very uncommon for a woman to have a prominent spot on the card. Uh, and I believe Cody was on, I forget whose podcast, he was on a podcast where he talked about how shocking it was when somebody from... New Japan, like an upper up in the booking department, walked up to Cody in the hallway while he was with Brandy and talked to him briefly and then walked away. And then Cody turned to Brandy and she was like, what just happened? He was like, uh, you just got booked in my match at Wrestle Kingdom. And apparently that was a big fucking deal. Uh, and she fucking nailed it. Like when oh, she, she was so great when she got knocked down and and sold it and then laughed and her and Cody la- I was like oh my god also uh apparently he dyed the the hair blonde after he lost his title in ROH I heard it was for a movie role or something I don't care what it was for 
I like it. It's fucking off putting. It works. It works. It is especially for his character. It is off putting as shit. Like he's always had that kind of face where you could see him being a good smarmy fucking heel. But with the bleach blonde hair, there's just something about it that is just like delicious. And they fucking sold the shit out of it. Not to mention, you know, you're in a match with Kota Ibushi, who's just fucking amazing. Uh, great, great match with a lot of good moments. Uh, definitely up there, for me at least, upper upper tier match of the card. Uh, we had IWGP Tag Team Championship match. Killer Elite Squad versus Evil and Sonata. Um, so I will say this. Uh, David Boy Smith Jr. looks way better now than he used to look. He's in way better shape. Archer also, Lance Archer, for me, got me on their side very early um, because when Evil and Sonata were coming down to the ring, it was so weird because Evil's in this giant, you know, I'm the fucking Grim Reaper costume. And I was like, I'm watching it with Mike and me and him are like, this is old school. We're into it. We're kind of, you know, we're enjoying it. And then Sonata comes out and he's got this little tiny, like 99 cent store skull mask on. And I was like, oh, I guess they used all of the fucking props budget on evil. And then when they get to the ring, he struggles to get in the ring in his costume with the giant scythe and everything. And then when he takes it off, he's just very unassuming and not very impressive looking like physique wise. Like when I think evil, I think, oh man, I should see somebody with the body type of like 97, 98 cane or maybe at least even like Taz, you know? But this guy was kind of just doughy. And uh, and then when Archer came to the ring with David Boy Smith Jr., who, again, they're white dude heels in their jeans and shit. Archer just kept spitting on everyone. Yeah, that was, I mean, super heelish, especially oh, yeah. in Japan. It was just but... weird. And I was like, where the fuck does he keep getting these water bottles from? Because the dude had no pockets. And I never saw someone hand him a water bottle. He just kept pulling them out of somewhere, his ass, I don't know, and then spitting spitting the water on all the crowd. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm full on supporting the heels in this tag team match. And it was, it was an okay match. It wasn't, it wasn't an amazing match. There were some cool moments in there. There's some kind of brutal moments on the, on the ring apron. Uh, but it, you know, it was a decent match. Evil and Sonata wound up defeating the killer elite squad, uh, and winning the IWGP heavyweight tag team championships. Uh, I wasn't super impressed with Evil. Sonata was a little bit more impressive, but it was a match. Also, up to this point, I found it really interesting how many not to not to not to come across rough here, sure. but there's a lot of white dudes A in matches sure. and B winning titles. Yeah, uh I think uh, as for for you know Japanese company, it's they seem really comfortable putting their t- their titles on foreigners on their biggest shows. Yeah, and I just don't think you'd see that in WWE. Uh, and I believe uh the IC belt also changed hands, right? Oh no, the IC belt was retained, so the IC championship was retained. Omega retained and Okada retained, correct? Uh, so up to the IC match, up to the last three matches of the card, 
every belt had changed hands. Yeah. So it was definitely a, a night for the most part to be the challengers. Uh-huh. Um so yeah, the 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 IWGP tag team heavyweight championship changed hands. And then we moved on to what I thought was like a very uh it was a match that going into it I was not expecting it to be incredible. Uh but it was a very solid match. Uh Neverweight open title hair versus hair match, Suzuki versus Goto. Uh, and Suzuki does such a good job of selling. I'm insane. Don't fuck with me. Like his facial expressions, his mannerisms. Um, he does such a good job, uh, of selling that. And it was a really solid match. Um, I mean, it's hard to compare it to, you know, like the fatal four way tag match or, the Young Bucks or Kota, Kota Bushi and Cody Cody Rhodes, you know, it's hard to compare it to any of those because you're dealing with older older talent in it. But it was a very solid match, emotionally compelling. Suzuki loses, Goto wins the championship, <coughs> and Suzuki. How do you say it? Suzuki Gun, Suzuki, Suzuki Goon is what Goon. they were saying on TV. Uh, they, his of his faction came in to save him from getting his head shaved, and then when he was about halfway to the back, he kind of like unconcussed himself and realized what was happening and broke away from his faction, went back to the ring, said, give me the damn soap, took the fucking uh, sh- razor shaver thing, shaved his own fucking head and got out of there. I thought that was a very cool moment at the end of the match. Him being like, I lost. I'm going in there. I'm shaving my head. Like I would have shaved his cool moment. Any other thoughts on the match? Um, I mean, no, no, it was great performances by both guys, uh, hard hitting, brutal stuff. Oh yeah. A lot of people really liked it. I mean, I, I, I thought it was just pretty good. Sure. A lot of people were, you know, singing its praises. And I'm sure if you know, you know, the history and story behind the match and behind the two performers, then it, it, it adds to it way more. That's than fair. Us just being like, wow, that was an okay match. I think it helped for me and Mike that I was, I read a really like big article going into it like mike came over around 12 30 or so 12 12 30 uh oh yeah that's the other thing is yeah me and mike watched it live so the card the the rumble part started two the main card started three and the whole thing was wrapped up by about 8 30 in the morning so i'm never going to complain about wrestlemania being too fucking long ever again because at least it's usually over at like midnight um but uh we read a big article about like you know the story behind a lot of the feuds going in definitely added a lot more to it. I just was impressed with some of the, the chops that Suzuki was taking and just really just stiff chops. And, and, and uh, he just ate them up and then laughed like a maniac <clears throat> up next was, I think you said your match of the night, IWGP junior heavyweight championship fatal four way match. Dude, this match was a nonstop fucking ride from beginning to end. Takahashi, Kushida, Osprey, and Marty Skrull in a four way match. Whoop, whoop. Uh, for for them, and I mean there was some insane, high flying stuff in this match. Like there was the thing where 
They got out of the ring and jumped from that scaffolding. There was that time when he hit him with the powder, but then he still pulled off the move. Squirrel like, countered an Oz cutter into a chicken Oh, wing. my God. There were a couple counter, like flying moves countered into submission. Someone hit something into an arm bar. That was just, and, and there was, those were so silky smooth. Mm-hmm. Just everyone looked like a goddamn superhero in this match. It sure. was, I'm a huge fan of Marty's girl. Like his entrances are fucking also. It was a perfection on his entrance when he came up through the stage and then right in time with the music, his like wings the wings popped popped open. Oh, and I yeah. turned to Mike and I was like, I want you to know how ballsy that was. And he's like, what are you talking about? I was like, he chose to do that entrance like that. When if anything had gone wrong, the stage didn't come up right. One wing didn't open fully. They opened early. Uh, his mask fell off. We look really stupid. He looked so dumb. But he went through with it, and and the entrance went perfect. And then he looks like a fucking badass. Like he looks like and how he just like waited outside of the ring for like the first five minutes, being oh, like, yeah. "I'm gonna let you guys just beat each other up, and then I'm gonna come in for the win." Yeah, he is he is truly the villain. Uh, and it was it was definitely a great match. I don't want you to take it like I don't think it was an amazing match. Totally was. Uh, I just think that the next match was my match of the night. No, not the next match. Oh, no, the match after the next match. Oh, yeah, right. I see. That's how much I was mad about the Intercontinental Championship right. match. The next match, which is happening. Tanahashi versus uh, Switchblade Jay White. Yeah. And it was a... Uh, it was a match. I mean, this, it was fine. there's really nothing more to say about it than it was a it was a pretty good. This is the problem match. about Wrestle Kingdom 12. Uh, and, and, and in fairness, it's the problem for a lot of the New Japan pay-per-views quote-unquote i don't know i i guess they're pay-per-views um but the problem is is that there's no filler like people get pissed at wwe events for having popcorn matches and having stupid segments uh on pay-per-views but Uh they give you a moment to fucking breathe right the video packages give oh wow they're doing a fucking hawkins versus slater match yeah it's so that you can just go to the bathroom and grab some food and stretch yeah. legs and go out for a smoke or and- or even just watch a match that doesn't have high stakes yeah that you can just sort of like come down a little bit i mean you're talking about a match that had to go on between that insane fatal four-way and arguably the reason you bought the pay-per-view omega versus jericho yeah so it's like and there's nothing in between i think the ic match had maybe uh, like a like a sixty second video package, and it was the first one of the night to have that. And then I think Jericho Omega had like a two and a half minute video package. Again, first meaningful video package of the whole night uh-huh. that actually said anything. Even still, that IC match was just in a terrible spot because if that had happened to open the show, I would probably be like, it was a pretty good match. But uh-huh. because it came in between two spectacles, yeah, it's how can it like live up to that? Um, but I mean, it was a solid match. It wasn't like it was bad in any way. It just was average. Uh, and Tanahashi defeated Jay White to retain his championship. Uh, and also I think that Jay White was still with Bullet Club officially in this match, but he left afterwards for chaos. Something along those lines. I'm trying to remember. There was some storyline to it. Anyway, Next match, IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship, Chris Jericho 
the Alpha versus Kenny Omega, and just oh my god, this was this was more of a fucking like brawl than a wrestling match. Um, it got made no DQ uh, a little while before the pay per view, uh, like a week or two, and it was definitely. I mean, you felt that old school just hatred mm-hmm. in the match. They sold it so well with that old school two guys who just fucking hate each other's guts kind of feud. Uh, some absolutely brutal spots involving like, tables and on the outside. Yeah, no, it's got a lot of it. Got there. It was amazing. I'm not going to say it. Sure, it wasn't. I just had a couple problems with it. Sure. What were your problems? One, why'd they do a fucking count-out spot? It's a no-DQ match. Sure, maybe you're going to start arguing that count-outs are separate from DQs or some bullshit. Mm -hmm. It's a no-DQ match. I don't know. I can't remember last time they did count-outs in a DQ match. Sure. Anyway. Two. This was some some of the worst camera work was during this match, I feel. I feel like there were so many shots of Red Shoes' butt that it was just like, why do they keep cutting to the camera that's half obscured by the ref? Yeah, it did have kind of that indie camera work Right, like they have a big big ring. They have a huge arena. Mm -hmm. How do they keep getting tripped up by one small man? And that's fair. (laughs) That's that's a fair point, yeah. Um, and it, it seemed like there were a couple, especially now that I'm reading like some of the, because Omega's already been on a Talk Is Jericho podcast. I think it went live yesterday. Was this a, an episode he recorded after the match? Yes. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, I so have they're to like talking this. about it post match, and he was saying how they had like a couple like communication issues with the ref and a couple things. And like Chris was doing some things that he like intuitively figured would happen because he's been in WWE so long, but then it just didn't happen because that's not how they did things. And it's not the style. Yeah. But it's, I, it's amazing. It would probably be my second favorite match of the night. I would probably put that as number two. I would say just as a counterpoint to, to uh, the the counting for the countouts, uh, it it was pretty clear that uh, uh, Jericho yelled to the ref and was just like, "What the fuck are you doing?" When he was doing the countouts, because you noticed it happened uh, once or twice early in the match, and then it didn't really happen anymore. Like it didn't happen the whole like last half of the match. I think that the ref kind of just sort of forgot or thought, "Oh, this will add some tension." And the wrestlers were like, fuck you, stop counting. Like, we're trying to do do something here, and your count is making us fuck that up. Because you'll notice, I think it was early in the match, it was maybe the second time, maybe even the third time that the, the count had started. Jericho rolls into the ring to break the count and gets up in the ref's face and then rolls back out, and then the count doesn't happen at that point. Um, and so... It's hard. It's tough to take away from the match because of errors on the part of the ref and the camera crew. Not saying that it's not a valid opinion, because as a person watching, that is part of the match for you. It's part of your viewing experience. Um, 
But just holy shit, just some of the moments in there, like countering the one winged angel into the fucking walls of Jericho was in it was insane mm-hmm. that first off i honestly for for a second was like oh god he's gonna kill jericho because i was like jericho's falling all weird and then i was like is jericho countering this i can't really tell what's happening and then when i saw the roll through i was like oh my fucking god it was insane when he put red shoes's son into the, the lion tamer yeah. you know you put him in the lion tamer, like the old school mm-hmm. i think mike and i had a discussion about why we don't see the lion tamer anymore as often and i was like i think it's just because of the physique of wrestlers when yeah. jericho was doing the lion tamer he can't do a lion tamer on braun Strowman. right it doesn't fit exactly he used to do that against other like cruiserweight size people but when he fucking put the lion tamer on in this match you know mike old school shout out to mike hall front of the show he popped so hard for the lion tamer uh, I was, I was like, man, did you bring extra pants with you? Cause you're going to need them. Uh, but, uh, it was, it definitely was a spectacle. It was a fucking amazing match. If you haven't seen it, go fucking watch it, find it online. It, I'm sure there's ways. Um, but yeah, it was, it was brutal. It was old school. A lot of fun shit in there. Kenny Omega defeated Jericho to retain the championship, which I thought signaled that Jericho was done, but he was not. So we'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, uh, Okada versus Naito. F- fuck. I mean, this was an incredible match. This was really good. Um, this is definitely my third match of the night. Um, it's, and honestly, if, if it wasn't for that fatal four way and the, and the Kenny Omega match, it's like, it's almost a shame that there were so many good matches on the card because you can't. Right, cause you how can't, do you say what's match of the night? Exactly. All of these, I would. If be, you said Abushi versus Rhodes, you wouldn't be wrong either because that was also a fantastic right? match. Or even fucking the Young Bucks match. Goddamn, that was also great. But anyway, you're, I was sorry for interrupting. Your thoughts on the match? Uh, it was great. Um, I, it had some some awesome moves. Some, um, you know, but it, it, I feel like it it didn't really do much to elevate itself. Like it was amazing. Like they did everything perfect, except it wasn't necessarily unexpected. I mean, I don't think that I honestly could see Okada going through another like year before he loses the belt. Um, they put him in this position where it's, you know, he feels unbeatable. And whenever he does eventually drop that belt to somebody, it's going to mean so much. Yeah. Um, but I thought they did a really good job for Naito kind of wrapping up this story of the guy who had previously called himself the best, like the new best wrestler. The crowd didn't like him. This was, you know, a few years ago, he had a rough break and then he's just sort of been organically building himself back up in a way where he's more humble than he was when Mm -hmm. he first started. And this kind of cemented that Naito is, you know, future for new japan and we'll get to what happened after wrestle kingdom in just a minute but um this is a fucking great show man do you care to know Meltzer's ratings on the the card i would love to know them um first off just to get it out of the way was there anything above or will you get to that was there anything above a five star Nothing plus five, but there is a five. Ooh, okay. Go through the card. Are you going um, from top to bottom? I'm just going to go through the card. Okay. Um, 
and before you know because we get so much hate mail and every week sure um this is just one man's opinions you know don't let it use to influence ours or whatever anyway new japan rumble he gave it a 1.5 uh wait the 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 rumble thing in the beginning yeah yeah it was kind of a clusterfuck the young bucks match he gave a four Okay. Uh, he broke down the trio, uh, the gauntlet matches into all of the individual ones. Oh, so okay. the Suzuki Goon versus War Machine Elgin, two point five. Goon versus Chaos, point seven five. Wait, below a one? It was that he rated it that. Chaos poorly? versus Taguchi Japan, one point five. Okay. And then Chaos versus Bullet Club, two point seven five. Okay. So all low ones in there. Sure. Uh, Abushi versus Cody four two five. Okay. Uh, Killer Elite Squad. Killer Elite Squad versus Evil Sonata four. Huh. He Su- gave that one a, a lot higher than I probably would have. Uh, Suzuki versus Goto a four point five. I'd agree with that. It was great. Uh, the four way four seven five. Whoa! So it was not the five star match. No. Okay. Tanahashi versus White three seven five. Fair enough. And I mean, like that's still way above average because yeah. if you think an average match is two point five, right? And that's average. So and, like, and also some a three seven five is still like a really good. Like four would be amazing. Yeah. Four point five would be like must watch, and five is like all time classic. And there are definitely matches that he's given two fives and threes to that I've been like I enjoyed that match. You know, mm-hmm. so but like again, a three is still an above average yeah. match. That just that match, like we said before, just got stuck. And this is almost two. a four. Okay, and so uh, and then we get to Omega versus Jericho, and there's our five star match. Jericho okay. gets a five star. Jesus Christ, Omega, Omega and then Okada, Ome- Okada, Naito is four five. Four wow. Five. Okay. So, uh, as a pretty solid card, man, he, he, by the Meltzer scale, uh, and, and just by watching it, if you haven't seen it, definitely go check it out. We haven't had a chance to watch New Year's Dash yet. Uh, been meaning to just haven't had a chance to sit down and watch it. Uh, but Naito was attacked by Jericho is the big story from it. Yeah. Also judging by this article, just giving out, uh, Meltzer's ratings. Sure. Is this a, for New Year's Dash? They're all, Yeah. Nothing cracks four. Okay. Um, B, it seems weird. I mean, yes, there are multiple people in all of these factions. Sure. But here's a match with Suzuki Goon versus a group of people. And then we have the Elite versus Ropongi 3K Cheeseburger. Sure. Then there's Bullet Club versus Taguchi Japan, and then Bullet Club versus Chaos. Did they have two matches? And then here comes Suzuki well, Bullet Goon. Bullet Club's so big. But then there's Suzuki Goon versus uh, Tanahashi Elgin War Machine. Did they have two matches on the card? Again, the, a lot of these and factions are so uh, big. And then there's LIJ versus Chaos as the main event, and Chaos sure. already had a match on the card. So it's just like... A did, lot of these many? factions are huge. Sure, but that just seems I think that a little the, confusing. I think the one has like 20 members. I, I mean, they, they a lot of them have just so many members that most of New Japan at this point is just, you know feuding faction warfare with singles sprinkled throughout, you know? Um, so we haven't really had a chance to get into, uh, the, uh, 
New Year's Dash yet, so we're not going to give any kind of breakdown of that. Just the big news of Jericho attack Naito after a match in the show. Uh, so apparently Jericho's sticking around for a while. And also Fozzie has dates. Uh, uh, allegedly Fozzie has tour dates that coincide with both the Rumble and Mania. Yeah, they have a match. They have a show scheduled for like 6 p.m. in New Hampshire the night of Mania. So like Jericho ain't doing a show and then mm. getting on a jet to get down to New Orleans it to is, make it to Mania. It is highly unlikely. And then the Rumble, I had heard a rumor that the show, the day of the Rumble is early. Is like some sort of a festival kind of showing, maybe? But I don't know how true that is, because that's it's it's winter. So where's their festival going on? Anyway, I guess I could just Google it. Anyway. Anyway. Uh some shit. We've been going for about thirty eight minutes now. All and right. We are through New Japan and the mediocre clash of champions. Uh, let's just quickly summarize what's been happening in the last couple weeks on Raw. Well, let's just don't in, even talk about the shows. shows. Don't yeah. even talk about the storyline of what yeah, we like. What are the main threads going on so, right now? The big one, uh, the big ones on Raw. Sure, Dean Ambrose is out with an injury, a and legitimate that is, that injury. That is legitimate. It's yes, legitimate. he's he got surgery done already, so he's now in rehab. Do they have a timeline on that yet? It was nine months. Oh according no! To them. So, I mean that real. It, that could be like they say nine months. It's actually six, but it's months. It's a while because there was something bad with his tricep and shit. So. I'm wondering what they're going to do then with. I mean, because clearly that's the reason why they've audibled into Jason Jordan and blah blah blah. But and we'll get to all that. But um, it makes me wonder how they're going to handle that. The shield was uh, was rumored to be supposed to be breaking up around Mania to free up Roman Reigns to go fight for the title. Mm-hmm. So it makes me wonder how they're going to do the shield breakup or if they're going to delay the shield breakup, like the, the shield breakup in terms of like s- someone turning on other people and instead just have Roman sort of be like, I got to do my own thing for a bit, you know, go for the title. Who knows? That's weird. That sucks. Anyway, so Dean Ambrose is hurt. Um, so yeah, that puts Jason Jordan into the shield. Uh, and so now Jordan and Rollins have the tag belts. Yes. Um, Won them from the bar. Yeah. Main event scene. Nothing's really happened. We have. Uh, what do you mean? Nothing's really happened. We have a triple threat match at the rumble of Kane and Strowman and Braun Strowman this week on raw. We'll, we'll get. To, okay. Sure. Like cool stuff happened, but the storyline is still the same. Uh, I guess that's fair. I mean, if you're talking about where the storyline's talking about overall storyline, nothing has happened. Kane tried to go full politician with Strowman. Um, what else? Uh, the women, nothing really has happened. They announced the women's Royal rumble. They announced the women's rumble. Sure. But storyline wise, it's uh, still just absolution is going around wrecking shop and nothing. Oscar, Alexa bliss finally actually got on television for once. Uh, Oscar which like is, way to treat your champion. Oscar's feuding sort of with Nia Jax right now. They're kind of building that. Yeah. Um, which also I loved, I was listening the way that, uh, they put it on Steven Larson was kind of funny. Uh, they had said, it's almost as if Nia 
is a wizard and had transformed herself into the ring post because Asuka got up on the ring post to take her mask off and this camera zooms in and then as she's taking her mask off, it zooms out and she's on Nia Jax's shoulders getting electric chair dropped. Huh. Um, so they've kind of built that up for the women's division. I mean, but other than that, you're right. It's mostly hyping up the women's rumble, uh, which also it annoyed me that Kurt Angle took that phone call where he was like, listen, I know you haven't been in the ring in years, but I think it'd be great if you came for the women's Royal match. It's like, we know there's going to be surprises. There's not enough women to fill out the rumble, the women's rumble by itself. The way way it's shaking out. If both champs don't get into the rumble, and assuming that there are no women's championship matches that would pull other women off of the ma- the rumble, sure. Then there's sc- still going to be eleven spots to fill. And I, I granted, and that's NXT women. That's surprise. Yeah, I mean, callbacks granted, and one. You're probably going to have not not official call ups, but you're probably going to have not, uh, Ember Moon. Yeah, Nikki Cross. Yeah, uh, Kyrie Sane. Kyrie Sane. You're probably going to have. Um, I, I was wondering, like Lacey Evans, maybe uh, they might bring up um, Peyton Royce. Yeah, Peyton Royce, and uh, they might bring up whatever her partner. I forget is. her partner's name. Um, Billy Kay. Billy Kay. Uh, they might bring up maybe. Um, 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 she was in the May Young Classic, mm, right? Um. Fuck, we have. I have a coworker. But kind of reminds me of. There's her. also going to be some returns. They'll, they'll probably have Lita. That's probably the, the if she can get in the ring. They. I mean, I'm saying I think they will probably have Lita and Trish up here in the Rumble. Sure. They probably will not take any significant bumps. They will probably be in. I've and- heard rumors of. Uh, I think Michelle McCool. And Molly Holly. Molly Holly and Michelle McCool would be kind of comeback, especially with Mickey James being in there. Um, but the other thing is, is there's a lot of people. But here's the fantasy thing booking saying Paige likely to miss Women's Rumble because I've heard that she isn't fully cleared to be wrestling yet in full on matches. Hasn't she had a match? I thought that she did, too. I thought she had a couple matches already. Yeah, I thought so. That sounds like bullshit to me. Uh, That Phoenix is probably going to be in it. Oh, that'd be the Glamazon? Uh That'd be probably cool. There's also rumors that uh, some of the four horsemen women of MMA Mm, might appear. And that fantasy book that I sent you months ago that had Ronda Rousey coming out at number 30 would be insane. If they, if you really want to talk about a pop that would tear down the house, that would be an insane rumble. Having Ronda Rousey show up at number thirty. Uh huh. But the only thing, the only issue I have with that is, is that they're not going to close the show with Ronda Rousey. Well, they're going to close the show with, with the, the women's rumble. rumble. Sorry, that's what I meant to say. They're not going to close the show with the women's Royal Rumble match. Uh. And Ronda Rousey coming out would be a like close the show out kind of surprise in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that they do that. They might just save that for mania. Um, regardless, it'll be a fun rumble. It's going to be right. interesting. And then cruiserweight division uh, is they set up a match for Enzo versus uh, Cedric 
He was sick for a few weeks. Enzo had the flu, legitimately, apparently. Apparently, one story has it that he was so sick, he got sent to the hospital. But then he, like, checked himself out of the hospital and made the way to the arena where they're like, no, go back to the hospital. And then they forced him to go back to the hospital. He just really wanted to wrestle or something. He just wanted to wrestle. Although it was weird because However, they a cruiserweight him. match is not yet confirmed for the card. I have the the card as confirmed so far. We still up. got a couple of weeks of the Rumble, right? Yeah. Um, and we have to get to Raw 25 first. Yeah. Uh, they, they, uh, they pulled him from the Mixed Max Challenge because of the flu. Yeah. And then he was better. But they, I don't believe, re-added him. No, he's still off. Which is weird that that was the official ruling was that it was the flu that was going to keep him off. The- Maybe they had to make a decision in advance because they're making all the Promoting announcements. It. Yeah, probably. That might be, and they might have been like it was so serious that they thought he would miss more time, right? And they're just like, well, yeah. How do you do like a superstar reveal, being like, sure, your guest is sick in the hospital, <laughs> he's dying, <laughs> your partner is dying. Uh, they also. Uh, had a match for the championship, and people are still speculating whether it was a shoot or a work for the injury that he sustained in that match. I want to say I still that it was say a, is a work because they had the backstage. Yeah, yeah, they went backstage, and Nia was there, and they had lines written up about him being hurt. Like they wouldn't have shown that if he was actually hurt. I doubt it, but you never know. Um, IC belt misses back. Yeah, but Roman still has it. Nothing's really changed. Um, although Miz cut a hell of a promo. I loved the segment with the Miz Taraj trying to give him presents when he was uh-huh. back. Uh, really great comedic moment worth just mentioning for a second because Axel and Dallas are just fucking... This is amazing for them right now. This is... I feel like not quite as big a, a, a pop and overness as Sandow got with Mizdow, but definitely up there with people really cheering for the two of them and their segments um, that they've been doing the last couple of weeks while Miz was shooting Marine Six. Six? Was that right? I think so. Marine 22. Anyway, great comedic segment. And I loved Miz's face when Dallas was like, I got you a gift. It's a picture of you. Man, I'm gonna, it's going to be hard going to sleep tonight without that by my bed. And I loved Miz's fucking face when that happened, where he's just like, you could tell that he was like honored, but at the same time, very creeped out by the fact that Bodow sleeps with that by his bed. Um, I think those are the main stories happening on Raw. Yeah, pretty Not, much. You know, Naya flirting with Enzo has been going on since before Clash, right? Yeah. So those matches, those are all things that have been happening. I think Jason Jordan's been doing great in this new role of guy who is not quite a heel, who earnestly believes that he is fighting for opportunities and genuinely thinks he's trying to help, but is in fact costing his team and being annoying. Yeah. Um. I think, oh, hey, hello. Hello. It is Kayla. Um, so, you know, I think that he's very good in that role. I hope that they successfully turn him heel and that it is a good 
heel turn that helps propel him into heeldom. Yeah. I mean, at some point, he's going to cost... Or or maybe they'll have, like, Rollins lose, and then Jason Jordan gets so upset that they lost, that he just, like, goes... Ape shit? Yeah. Hey, I mean, that's possible. Um, or, he, or he costs... I think it would be interesting if he somehow cost Roman the icy title, and it and we went through one of those kinds of things where Jordan was feuding with Rollins and Reigns, while at the same time he still holds the belt with Rollins. That could be interesting, and that neither of them want to lose the belt, mm-hmm. but at the same time they fucking hate each other. I think that could be an interesting way to go with this, especially if Dean's going to be on the shelf for a while. Uh huh. So that's our Raw storylines. Yeah. SmackDown, the biggest one is probably the IC title belt, uh, which U- Ziggler, US. US, which yeah. Ziggler won and then promptly left in the middle of the ring to not be seen on TV again. Yeah. And he's been gone for what? Th- two, it's been what? Two, three weeks? If maybe more. Um, it was weird. Yeah. So they've been doing a tournament for it. Um, Rusev is incredibly over, and Aiden English is even getting the rub off of it. Yeah, and so uh, Bobby Roode beat Baron Corbin. Yep. Uh, Mojo Rawley beat Zack Ryder. Jinder Mahal beat Ty Dillinger, and Xavier Woods beat Aiden English. Oh, and And the fields in the arena. We are still in the uh, semifinals of this tournament, um, and then the finals will be uh, a match at the Rumble. I think they're going to pace it out a little more now. I think that they're going to go ahead. Well, yeah, and have, they'll probably have one week with one match, one week with the other and match, then and then the final. Final at the Rumble. Um, for the championship, uh, it's been interesting because Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are challenging for the championship. Is the storyline as a team? Yes. So they both. They both have singles wins over AJ. AJ ate two pins in a row. With shenanigans. Uh, Sure, with shenanigans, but still. Uh, And so now, as some form of, uh, like, stab towards Shane, Daniel Bryan put both of them in a match against AJ. Again, it's more of uh, the... Authority fighting with Sammy and Kevin with proxy fighters. So I think the weirdest part is for me is that, okay, Daniel Bryan in the lead up to Clash, you could very much see without assuming that he's heel or assuming that Daniel Bryan is doing anything malicious on purpose. You could see his intent and where he was coming from, putting himself into the match as a referee with Shane felt like a defensive thing where he was like, Shane, you're prone to impulse, impulse problems. Uh, I would, I just want to be there to make sure you don't do anything that makes problems for us in the long run. Right. Yeah. And so he was in that match as the ref and he gets pushed. So he doesn't intentionally fuck anything up. (sighs) Shane does the slow count. Daniel Bryan sees that he's just going to cost these two guys who are admittedly great wrestlers their jobs. He does the fast count to save their jobs. Up to this point, I don't have any question about Daniel Bryan's intents. Uh huh. Then it just sort of gets a little bit weird because then it starts to actually feel like it's personal towards Shane. And then when he announces that match, the way that he announces that it's going to be a fucking handicap match for the championship, 
was very much like, dude, Daniel, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what are you doing? Because that that may be a dig at Shane, but that screws over AJ, not Shane. Yeah, but also at the same time, it does make sense that both these guys do have victories over AJ, and they both kind of deserve a shot at the title. Mm-hmm. And okay, Corey how, how I okay, look, Corey Graves. Yes, <laughs> it's a very heel mentality thing, but it's true. I mean, if you if you get a win over the champ, do you not deserve a shot at the title? So instead of it being a triple threat. It's a handicap. Now that's where it. I'm, I'm. That's that's the handicap. Is the is the thing where it starts becoming a problem. Sure. I mean, if you made it a triple threat match, you could do something interesting where like they tag team AJ and then Sammy lays down Jeff Jarrett style for Kevin Owens. Uh huh. But instead, it's a fucking handicap match, which part of me goes, okay, so they're gonna go with this angle where they're gonna have. Kevin and and Sammy both are champions. Co-champs. Be co-champs. And then that'll probably at some point lead to their split up. But then there's also part of me that goes, oh, this is too obvious. AJ's going to retain by beating them both. Uh And they're going to, and it's going to put AJ over the fucking, I mean, if he wasn't already over the fucking moon, you know, the fact that he retained his championship in a two on one. That's 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 what I think is going to wind up happening out of this. Yeah. Um. And real quick, I just want to say, uh, fucking a man, AJ Styles. That match that he had with Gender, and some of the matches that he's been having as of late, it's like he could have a great match with a fucking mop, dude. Like he is just so. I mean, I know we've talked about this before, but just reiterating AJ Styles is fucking amazing he really is <laughs> like my god he is just he is so fucking good and on the mic too he's, yeah he's just great he's he's had some pretty good promos last couple weeks um uh, women's championship uh storyline right now nothing really has happened again it's the same they're really just holding pattern well they're really just repeating the same women's story on both brands it's weird assuming we're not going to notice yeah, I don't know. Uh, and I also think that the women's story is kind of in a holding pattern until the, the women's rumble in, what, three weeks, two weeks? Sure. Two, three weeks, something like that. Um, Any other big storylines? Oh, Bludgeon Brothers just keep beating yeah. the Fashion Police, but the Ascension, the Ascension Ascension keep putting them up for matches. And then this week, finally, the Bludgeon Bro- or the uh, Ascension was like, hey, we got you another match with the Bludgeon Brothers. And they're like, sorry, we're already in a match with someone else. But you guys can have have the match, and then Ascension got destroyed. So Bludgeon Brothers is just destroying people. Yeah. Oh, hey. Uh, story on Raw. We totally fucking didn't talk about it at all. Woke and Matt Hardy made his in-ring oh, debut. Oh, yeah. So that's and now a thing. These promos with Bray Wyatt, I, I personally have been fucking loving them. When he played the chess match against Napoleon Bonaparte in the body of a goldfish, uh, I was fucking eating it up. It... I, it it's it's a little bit weird. Brandon could not get over the yes and the, like laughing in the ring. He was like, "What the fuck is this that you guys are watching?" Um, I have found it entertaining. I'm hoping they just sort of let Matt curate it. I know they're not going to give him complete creative control over the storyline, but let Matt kind of like guide where the storyline goes. Uh, it could be very interesting. I think this is a feud that they 
should let go till WrestleMania. And I like the most that they haven't really gotten their hands on each other yet. Yeah. They've been toe-to-toe in the ring, but we haven't seen Bray Wyatt eat pins from Matt or vice versa, which I think has been great. Um, can we just talk about this fucking grappling hook story real quick? Because I, I don't want it to get... I know you really want to talk about it, so go for it. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. So on this week's Raw, Kane... So Brock Lesnar comes out and Paul Heyman cuts a... I would say an average Paul Heyman promo, which is still a good promo. Uh, you know, an average Paul Heyman promo is still good. Uh, it wasn't an amazing promo, but he cuts a promo. And as they're getting ready to go backstage, Kane, Kane comes out of nowhere and just hits Brock Lesnar, beats him up. Sure. Uh, chaos ensues. They end up backstage and then Braun comes out of nowhere and Braun starts getting into it. First off, Braun picks up an equipment case that i mean it sure fucking looked heavy and threw it at kane uh and then he rammed brock he got both of them down and then out of nowhere he fucking pulls a grappling hook out a fucking grappling hook uh and grappling hooks the scaffolding and pulls it down onto brock and kane and my God! First off, they they went to cra- they went like crazy with the camera work on this one. There was multiple cameras back there filming this. They had all sorts of angles on the situation, close ups on people's faces. Paul Heyman freaking out like, "Don't do it! Don't don't do it! Don't do it!" Michael Cole losing his mind, and they pull the he Braun pulls the scaffolding down, uh, attempting to I I can only assume murder Kane and Brock Lesnar. Uh, Braun has just the best segments. They just give him such great segments that are so much fun. Uh, and this was just another fantastic segment. I just made, I want to make sure that that segment got its due, uh, you know, before we moved on. Sure. Um, so that's where we are with Raw and SmackDown. We, that's pretty much a summary of the last couple of weeks without going too in-depth on any one episode of the show's. Uh, so we're you know we're building up towards the rumble. Obviously, it looks like we're going to have here are the matches that we have. Okay, go for it. Uh, Usos versus Gable and Benjamin in a two out of three falls match. Uh, that'll be great, and also that does co- uh, coincide with the story of uh, Shelton and Benjamin thought they had won uh, the tag championships on an episode of SmackDown. But there was an illegal tag, and then there was a replay. They restarted mm-hmm. the match, and the Usos did retain in the second match. So, so they're like, "What? We have to beat them two nights, and two times in one night?" And like, "Yeah, great idea. Two out of three ball falls match." Sure. Da, 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 da. Um, Rollins and Jordan versus uh, the Bar for the tag champs. That's just a regular match as of now. Sure. Uh, Styles versus Owens and Zayn. We talked about that. The handicap match. Sure. TBD versus TBD in the tournament final for the U.S. championship match. Sure. Um, the women's rumble, the men's rumble, uh, and then uh, Lesnar versus Strowman versus Kane triple threat for the U- universal championship. Do you think they end the night with the rumble? I'm assuming they, they I assume they the do. I mean, I assume, I assume they that do. they're going to start with the women's rumble, then do all of the other matches, and then end with the men's. Bookend it. That's I mean, how I'd book it. I mean, that makes that makes sense. 
confirmed for the men's rumble so far, Elias, Orton, Nakamura, Cena, Balor, Corbin, Matt Hardy, Samoa Joe, Bray Wyatt, Rusev, and Aiden English. However, Samoa Joe is injured, so he probably will not be in it. Um, he might make it, but yeah, it's, you can't really, there's no way to, at this point, you know, say for sure either way. And so that's 11 of the 30 confirmed so far, whereas women have 17 of 30 confirmed so far. That is Naomi, Asuka, Ruby Riot, Natalia, Sasha Banks, Bailey, Paige, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, Carmella, Tamina, Lana, Liv Morgan, Sarah Logan, Mickey James, Nia Jax, Mm -hmm. and Becky Lynch. Sure. Which is most of the women's uh, main roster. Yeah. Uh, and then, as previously mentioned, the final for the um, U.S. belt will either be Bobby Roode or Mojo Raleigh versus Jinder Mahal or Xavier Woods. Dopeness. Uh, wrestling. One, one thing I'm kind of excited about Oh, yeah? is the mix match challenge. Um this is uh WWE's Facebook show okay. that is coming up. Oh yeah. Uh they've announced all of the teams, they announced the bracket. It will be uh Balor Banks versus Shinsuke Natalia, uh and Ms. Asuka versus Biggie Carmella, mm-hmm. Strowman Bliss versus Zane Lynch, RIP Zane Lynch. Oh, God. Uh, Goldust Fox versus Uso Naomi. Elias Bailey versus Rusev Lana. Mm. And then Cruz Naya versus Rude Flair. And then in a fun little thing, I think um, mm. the semifinal match, uh, one of the previously eliminated teams will get a second chance through a fan vote to be instantly brought back in in the semifinals. Which yeah. I'm expecting Biggie and Carmella to lose to Ms. Asuka in the first round, and Zayn Lynch to lose to Strowman Bliss in the first round, and then one of those, either Biggie, Carmella, or Zayn Lynch, will get the fan vote, is what I'm guessing. Um, obviously, we'll have to wait and see how that all plays out on Facebook starting uh, next week, I think. Yeah, I. Uh, next week after SmackDown. I'm definitely excited about it, and I've also really enjoyed how they've handled. Um, the reveals like by telling one wrestler but not telling another, and then letting it be a kind of, um, you know, somewhat organic moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that that's been it's been really cool that they've let that kind of happen. Also, I fi- also I figured out by rewatching it what Shinsuke said to Na- to Natalia. He asked her if she liked cats. And mm-hmm. she said, yeah. And then he went, meow. Which I think is kind of adorable. Also, uh, just some of these genuine reactions have just been really fun. Uh, do you want to get into wrestling news? Uh, one of the biggest ones I can remember off the top of my head is that Meltzer is saying it's pretty much a done deal that both War Machine and uh, Ricochet are WWE bound. That'll be great, dude. For both of those, uh, but the tag, the tag team and for Ricochet, it'll be great. Um, would love to see Ricochet in WWE, uh, especially in NXT for a little bit. I think it would be great. Um, and, 
let them get kind of acclimated to that WWE style. It's a little different than what they're probably used to. Uh, Triple H uh, updating on Ronda Rousey's status uh, as per Wrestling Inc. Uh, He had dinner with her. He said that they're still talking to Ronda as they have been for a while. There's a lot going on for her right now, but they have a very great relationship uh, and it was nice catching up with her. They don't have anything to announce at this time, but she's a huge fan of what we do, he said, and she's incredibly interested in what we do and the opportunities that lie there. With fan, we're fans of hers and incredibly interested in what those opportunities could be with us. But there's a lot of things to walk through. We're talking. We're having the conversation. Uh, so, And also, uh, Triple H and Stephanie made a statement on Rich Swan. Uh, Triple H said uh, to E-Wrestling News... He said, we're just waiting on legal. We have zero tolerance policy on that, as you've seen. So he's suspended until it's determined legally one way or the other. Stephanie then said, and if he is convicted, he will be released. And Triple H said, yes, immediately. Uh, Obviously talking about the incident where uh, Sue Young, his his wife, uh, I think real name is uh, Venara Riggs, um, said that he... Uh, she tried to get out of car while they were having an argument. He stopped the car, forced her back into the car, uh, which was kidnapping legally speaking. And apparently they're fine now though. Like they've reconciled and they're, they're talking like him and his wife are, are fine now. Um, and so, but that might not be enough to save his career. So it's a shame too. Cause I really like which Swan. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Dave Meltzer reporting in the Observer that Bill Goldberg is most likely the headliner for the 2018 Hall of Fame class. Uh, other people talked about our Dudley Boys. Oh, Candice LeRae signs with WWE. Oh, nice. So that gets uh, the Gargano family into WWE fully. Hell yeah! Oh, uh, speaking of signings. Uh, Kenny Omega signed an extension today with uh, with New Japan, uh, right so to if, through twenty nineteen. So if you were expecting him to be in the Rumble or next year's Rumble, we are sorry, but he is under contract. Uh, Daniel Bryan uh, in Sports Illustrated. I assume that if I don't wrestle by WrestleMania, I probably won't be wrestling with WWE at all. He did. He did. I don't remember if this was before Clash and before we went off the air for the year. Uh, but you know, he had said, he had given that percentage quote about how likely he thought it was that he would wrestle again and how likely it would be that he wrestled for WWE. I feel like we got that in on the podcast at the end of 2017. Uh, but he, he definitely seems like he's going to wrestle again. I would honestly feel like it's a little bit weird if he wrestles in WWE again, though, because he had that really beautiful, wonderful send off that he got. Um, I mean, obviously, I would love to see him wrestle again as Daniel Bryan in WWE. I'm not saying that I wouldn't, but it almost seems like he had a fitting wrestling send-off within the WWE canon. So maybe he just goes back to the indies and gets to wrestle with, you know, some of the great guys that are out there right now. I mean, you can't tell me you wouldn't think that a Bryan Danielson versus Kenny Omega match in New Japan would be would be insane. Or Kota Ibushi, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks reveal the date for their 10,000-seat show. All in. 
all in and the promo stuff that they've got for it so far looks pretty cool i saw a mock-up today on the new york city we love pro wrestling group where somebody was like what would you do to see this card um and uh i'm just gonna read this fake somebody made this graphic um Somebody made this graphic for what would you do and how far would you go to uh, to see this card. And the headline of this fake all-in card was Kenny Omega versus CM Punk. The uh, mid-card was Brian Danielson versus Kota Ibushi and Marty Skrull versus fucking Neville. And then the undercard was Jericho... Rey Mysterio and Jushin Thunder Liger versus Young Bucks and Cody. I mean, obviously, all of this is is completely fucking bullshit and fake. But uh, I, rem- I I was like, that's an interesting question, Bob. How far would you go to see this card? Would you Would you pay a couple hundred bucks for a ticket to watch this card live? Probably not. But probably not. I'd pay to get the live stream. That's fair. Uh, here's a big one for us. Uh, Gabe Sapolsky officially signed with WWE. Uh, Gabe is Ooh, the uh, nice. head booker of uh, Evolve, and he's obviously had a pretty close um, relationship with mm. with uh, WWE, especially at NXT with Triple H over the past few years. So we uh, have that, and it might signal... The long rumored evolve going to WWE Network rumors, mm. uh, since they have had streaming troubles with their former provider Flow Slam. Yeah. Um, so that's been that's been a bit of an issue for them. And that I mean I'm I'm always glad to see, uh, you know. I'm I'm always glad to see uh, evolve getting closer with Dubs, and uh, I'm uh, haven't yet figured out exactly what's going on. Evolve is in, is it at Laboon this weekend? Yes, it is, and in uh, Brooklyn they're doing one in sun- Saturday, one Sunday night. Which one's the one they're doing Sunday night? It's, uh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. So we haven't figured that out yet. Ironing out what the plans are. Uh, sorry, what? Um, Austin Aries back in TNA and already has a championship belt. That's spoilers, Bob, because they taped their show in advance. Well, yes. it's true. No spoiler alerts. First for- off, nobody listens to our show. And second off, nobody who listens to our show also watches TNA. <laughs> well, just in case, I'm sorry for Bob being so rude as to not care about spoiling. And if they and um, if there is someone out there who both a listens to our show and b watches TNA, then if they aren't c already caught up with the booking spoilers, then I don't think this this triumphant of person exists. Fair enough. <laughs> big big announcement for Big Match John. He is hosting the Kids Choice Awards for the second year in a row. Beater bear. Jern Cerner. Do you have any other news to uh, catch up with? There's people? probably a ton more news that I'm not seeing or thinking of. We've, but... we've, I mean, there's been a lot that's happened the last couple of weeks. And yet at the same time, 
Nothing that's happened. Oh, Whoa. Ms. and Maurice are getting their own show. Ms. and Mrs. on the USA Network. So that's... uh. Also, Carmella has been doing these weird videos with the New Day on Facebook, and it's been kind of hilarious. A little weird. Oh, man. Yeah? This dude is selling two front row tickets to Evolve 98 first row. Face value, but... Oh. No deal. All right, I think that about wraps it up. Uh, We'll be back next week. Uh, to talk about Raw and SmackDown. We got, what, two weeks to the Rumble? Three weeks to the Rumble? Uh, I don't know. It happens after... like The Rumble it? is the 28th, so I don't know how many weeks that is. <laughs> so today, as of, as of recording, this episode is the 11th. So we have one, two more Raws and SmackDowns to go. Okay. Uh, so yeah. The go-home is Raw 25. Oh, fun fact. David Jeffries is coming into town on the 27th. Oh, so that'll be neat. I don't know. I, he's going to be leaving before the rumble, but we'll have him hanging out with us the day before the rumble. Then, um, nice. anyway, you can follow Bob on Twitter at Bob Faggotty. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram and all that shit at CB Poindexter. You can follow the both of us together as small package at small package P O D. That's P O D for podcast on both Twitter and Facebook. Uh, if you follow us on Facebook at small package P O D, uh, we always post the links to the pod bean on uh, Facebook and also whenever we go to Evolve shows, any uh, local indie wrestling stuff, uh, we always post pictures and backstage stuff when we can. Um, anyway, we'll be back next week with another episode of the Small Package Show. See y'all next week. Hit him with the Bob. Schmer package.